Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. Get down to the business of sport right here on the world-famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Football 2 Plus 3, exclusive to the Ginger's Perspective, as we look ahead to what should be a very interesting weekend in the English Premier League. Joining me as always, the authority, Mo. Mo, let's start off with um, the midweek football. The game's coming thick and fast at the moment, but... Standing out for me has to be that Man City win at Swansea. Not an easy place to go and play football, but they made it look easy. 4-0 it finished. A record 15th consecutive top flight win now for Pep Guardiola. It appears like there's nothing stopping this uh, light blue machine, is there? Well, I have to agree with you and disagree with you on one thing. Um, Swansea, uh, not an easy place to go. Nah, that was maybe... Four seasons ago, these days they just give out points. Although you know City did make it look very easy, but still, uh, you know we didn't expect anything less from them. They were going to always beat them. It was just a matter of how many goals. And uh, you, I agree with you that you know, 15 games on the bounce to win is is an incredible achievement from Man City, and I don't think anyone can stop them. Yeah, 11 points clear now of Manchester United, so uh, that's after 17 games. Then you've got Chelsea, another three points back. Tottenham, um, I suppose Tottenham are the last bastion of hope this weekend. Uh, they play Manchester City, and for Pochettino, he's got a point to prove. I mean, everyone's been talking up Spurs. They finished second a little while ago, but since then, they haven't lived up to the reputation of title contenders. Yeah, they haven't. You know, they've been blowing hot and cold. You get them in one game, they'll win 5-0, and in the next game, they'll battle and score. And uh, maybe that's why they find themselves in the position they are. But like you say, um, you know, they could be the last team that that could maybe beat Man City and try just bring that 11-point gap down a bit. But uh, I can't see them really getting anything other than maybe a point against away to City. Because you can't be relying on Newcastle United to end that Man City run when they come to St. James's Park. I think it's next well, week. Strange that things have happened with Newcastle. I mean, if we look back to years down the line, that 4-4 draw with Arsenal in the, the, those epic uh, Liverpool matches. So you never know. Yeah, I mean, uh, rest in peace, check Teote. But that 4-0 down at half-time, and then the next thing to have that fantastic shot outside the big box boom 4-4 has to be one of the greatest games of all time in the Premier League but I don't know if I have any hair left on my head after all these results that I've been seeing from um, Newcastle the Toon Army baying for blood baying for the takeover to happen the latest we have there is that Mike Ashley will fund the January transfer window how much that is that remains to be seen and then he'll be paid back by Amanda Staveley's consortium, I suppose. So yeah, yeah. let's hear now from Rafa Benitez after that gut-wrenching defeat to Big Sam's Everton where Newcastle had all the possession, they blew three chances, and it was 90 minutes of my life that I will not get back. Thanks very much, Newcastle. Uh, I'm starting to wonder if I shouldn't switch allegiance, Mo. I know it's not allowed, 
but I'm really starting to get to the end of my tether now. <laughs> but, but would you really, would you really want to swap to one? Man City? How boring! I mean, with Newcastle, at least you get a bit of, you know, up and down, you know, excitement, joy, and then you know, regret and all of that. Well, you know what? After two relegation battles, unsuccessful survival scraps, coming back and having to watch the championship from a distance because Supersport only show, I think they show a couple championship games on the weekend, but they, the way it works, they spread the love across all the different teams. So you only get to see your team probably five times in the season and then, of course, playoffs and whatever else. But no thanks. I really don't want to um, have to deal with another relegation scrap. But let's hear now from Rafa Benitez talking to the BBC after what can only be described as a horrible, horrible night on Tyneside. Uh, John Joe Shelby has said after the red card on the opening day he's had to earn the trust back of his of his teammates. This wasn't a vital red card, but he will miss the next game. Is it something that concerned you again? Yeah, I think it's, uh, in this case, uh, most different, as you say, but uh, still is a red card. And then so we will lose him for maybe a couple of games and then we will see if we can, if we can manage with the other players. When it comes to, and you've been asked this question so many times, uh, you don't know your budget yet for January. There appear to have been small developments today in the takeover situation. When do you feel that you need to know something concrete by? As soon as possible, but I don't know when. Is that into January? I suppose you've got to take any money when you get it, I suppose. Yeah, we had the, the money from the, the, the summer window. So I think that we have some money, but they need to know how much. So Mo, Rafa clearly annoyed. Uh, he knows his team had all the chances. John Joe Shelby picked up um, two yellow cards. I mean, in terms of awards, I think we should introduce awards on Football 2 Plus 3. Um, shall we make Shelby our Muppet of the Week? Well, look, he's in strong contention with uh, Romelu Lukaku because, I mean, he assisted in two goals in the Manchester derby. Then he scores against Bournemouth and doesn't even bother to celebrate. So, uh, but uh, although, yeah, I'd give it to John Joe Shelby. I mean, your team is down in the trenches battling for points and then you get sent off for, I believe it was two ridiculous challenges. And then obviously he's now going to miss the next next game. So it's a one-match bet. You know, I turned the TV off by the second yellow card. The first yellow card was cynical. Um, 50-50 I suppose but still worth a yellow um, I'm just starting to wonder if a player like that's reputation starts preceding him you know uh, because he is reckless but he co by doing that he's causing more harm I mean he's making it harder in a match as well as you know going forward for Rafa to pick a, a team that can compete and as you, when you're in that relegation scrap you really need all hands on deck. You can't afford to lose players to suspensions and, you know, that injuries are, you know, you, you can understand. It's not planned, but I mean, suspensions and stuff, it makes it hard for you. Yeah, look, let's let's uh, leave it there with the Muppet of the Week. John Joe Shelby, thanks very much. You, you missed he the... Like Muppet, he does a little bit. Um, I wonder what he would look like with hair. I don't know, it might be scary. I don't know. Anyway, he does look a bit like Gru from Despicable Me. Um, he misses. If we're gonna give up, but then I think we have to give an MVP for one of the best player of the week. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's discuss our options there. Who's your nominees? I think I'd go with David Silva. I mean, he scored like half a dozen goals recently and match winners, and uh, you know he's been key to that when sort of the other players haven't really 
perform, you know, maybe Kevin De Bruyne takes a night off <clears throat> or Raheem Sterling doesn't do well. Silva just keeps ticking over. He's been fantastic, hasn't he? I think, um, I think I look at my judges, my panel here with me at the moment, uh, three, th- three football judges. They all give it the thumbs up. David Silva, he is our MVP and someone you've got to have in your fantasy side, surely, Mo. No, absolutely. I mean, if you had him this past week, you would have scored a nice packet with uh, with uh, his two goals. And uh, going going forward, he could be the uh, the key difference against Spurs. You know, to unlocking that defense because you know Tottenham's uh, defense is fairly strong in their midfield as well. And a player like Silva makes the difference. I must say, I think that it's going to be a cracking match um, at the Etihad. For the last match of Saturday, it's uh, Manchester City against Tottenham. Uh, it should make for an interesting, interesting game. Uh, I think another team that I'm starting to enjoy is Leicester City. I think under Claude Puyel, he's got Riyad Mahrez playing some fantastic football. Uh, a bit like when Claudio Ranieri was in charge. You know, Mahrez was free, creating opportunities, great to watch, even with his uh, peroxided hair. What do you make of, of, of Leicester Palace? I mean, I just feel that the, the Foxes at home will have too much for Roy Hodgson's side. I have to agree with you. And I was actually thinking the same thing. You know, uh, the re-emergence, we can call it, of Riyad Mahrez has been the defining factor so far for Leicester. You know, they're getting good points. And um, I think against Palace, even though they, you know, they're unbeaten in like their last five matches, Leicester City will have enough quality uh, to, to, to pick up a win. That'll be interesting. A- another bit of um, fantasy uh, information, I suppose. Mare is also not a bad player to have in the mix, especially this weekend. Um, let's talk about your team, Manchester United. Jesse Lingard, he's had sort of a number 10 role thrust upon him, and he's thriving in that role. Yeah, he's doing well in that role, uh, funny enough. You know, he's, he's been more of a winger over the years. And, uh, you know, that support role to Lukaku seems to suit him. Although it might be, a, I think you'll find it difficult against West Brom because those players are generally big and they're a lot more um, physical when you play against them. So he might find it harder there. But uh, I wouldn't chuck him into my fantasy team. I find him too, you know, he's a bit, he's not uh, consistent enough. You know, he has good games and then he has bad games. And also United have a lot of that, those number 10 role players, you know, Jose Mourinho might start Mata or somebody else, you know, just for the squad rotation. Yeah, especially with all the fixtures we've got at the moment. Let's hear now from Jose Mourinho, the man who survived milk thrown at him, uh, who's had a lot to say about the windy parts of Manchester City where players tend to be blown over uh, on a consistent basis without any provocation. Um, He was talking to the BBC after that uh, hard-fought win over Bournemouth. Um, and this is his thoughts on the title race. You mentioned after the uh, defeat to Manchester City, you thought that the title had probably gone. Um, but with a busy Christmas period no, coming I up, Jose, is it? Did no, I didn't say that. Something like that, no? No, no. no, no. I say you... that we play match after match, one match at a time, and the next match we have to try uh, to win. We tried this one and we managed to do that. Next weekend we have. A difficult one against West Bromwich Albion. We are going to try the same and we go match after match. And I believe that all the other teams 
behind us, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, I believe that they are going to try the same. Is the message to the players in Josie, it's not over? I think it's over in May. If it's over, I go holidays tomorrow, but I go to Brazil or to Los Angeles. Well, like you heard there, Mo, he would rather be in Brazil or in California. Um, if the title race was over, it means he hasn't given up, but I suppose he can't afford to give up, can he? Even with an 11-point difference. And Manchester United this weekend, their match against West Brom, you know, it's one of those banana skins, potential banana skins. Definitely a potential banana skin. And I, I suppose he has to have a bit of a positive outlook unless he, he concedes it and then the fans turn on him and uh, he, he wouldn't want that. So, but you have to... You have to see it for what it is, and it looks like the title race is over, and just accept it and play for second, or you know, play have a good cup run, or maybe go for the Champions League. Yeah, or just impress your your new bosses at Paris Saint Germain next season. And there we go. You could do that also. <laughs> All right, um, I, I have to talk about my fellow ginger, uh, Sean Dyche, uh, Burnley. Um, Proudest man in Proudsville. Well, I love that quote. I absolutely loved it. I mean. It wasn't pretty at all, uh, the Burnley results at the end of the day, but they scraped a 1-0 win against Stoke. Sean Dyche is making it very tough to beat Burnley. And they're a team that it's not easy to play against, not easy to break down, and just up to sixth at the moment, 31 points. It's been a fantastic start to the season. Yeah, he's been doing well uh, recently, and uh, at one point they were fourth until okay, all the other games kicked off. But uh, you know, he, he just turns the results. He gets them playing. He's he's got a good small squad. He's he's managed them well, and uh, you know he's he's put in the hard work. And the, the rewards for Burnley are phenomenal. If they can finish in the top six, that will be a great thing for them. Yeah, I just think he was being sort of linked with Everton. I think at the end of this season. If he does well with Burnley, I mean, it's, I say that, I mean, if he finishes in those sort of top six places, which will be phenomenal for them, he'll definitely be one of the most wanted managers uh, in England, that's for sure. Um, let's talk fantasy and wh- wh- what should we be thinking this week? I mean, at the end of the day, um, it's a mishmash of fixtures. There's only one real big game, if I can put it that way, with all due respect to all the teams. You mean Arsenal and Newcastle? Well, pretty much, yes. Um, uh, City, Tottenham, not really. But we've spoken about the hazard factor, but we appear to be jinxing players. Every time we mention a player, you need to have... Look at Mo Salah. Didn't even start for Liverpool the other night. Morata didn't feature at all. Hazard's been quiet. Um, David Silva's been the man stealing the thunder. Are we going to jinx him again this weekend by putting him in our side? I think even the official uh, fantasy Premier League has picked up on this. When there's an influx on one player, then it's like a curse on him. Seeing that a lot of people have transferred in uh, David Silva, so maybe I should transfer him out. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, an option I would look into if you want a, a sort of budget striker would be Wayne Rooney. I mean, we've spoken about him that he's been on, on good form. And he might be the difference in, in uh, this week as well. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a great point you make. Wayne Rooney is rejuvenated under under Big Sam and steps up. The goal against Newcastle was um, it was soft to say the least. Um, thanks, Carl Carl Darlow. Um, but he's the type of guy that's played in big games. He's played in World Cups. He's got so much experience, and 
he's the man for for the big occasion and and just get the job done type thing. So I think Wayne Rooney would be good, and he's not not that expensive. I think he's what seven point two or something like that. He might be a bit more. I think he's a bit more, but uh, you know, uh, one of the biggest problems that we're facing at the moment in fantasy is uh, Jurgen Klopp, in that you know he keeps rotating his squad. You don't know if he's going to play a certain guy. Is he going to leave him out? And that's you know sort of creating a problem. Because as a fantasy manager, you look at, okay, is the guy suspended? Is he injured? What's the percentage of him playing? But if the guy's fit and ready and you play him and then he, he sort of doesn't start, you know, it, it messes up with your system. Yeah, definitely. I mean, before we wrap it up, we haven't spoken much about goalkeepers. And it's always a tricky one in fantasy because do you spend on a David De Gea, who you know will give you quite a few clean sheets? Um, or do you go for like a Lucas Fabianski? who's pulled off 68 saves, although Swansea City haven't kept many clean sheets, have they? Yeah, that's true. You have to also look at the team. You know, if you go with Swansea, you know he's going to make a lot of saves, but they're going to concede at least two to three goals per game, depending on opposition. So I would rather go with De Gea because, you know, United's defense is fairly stingy. They don't give anything away. So, you know, the chance of him getting a clean sheet is higher than, you know, the amount of saves. And you look at how many clean sheets David De Gea has uh, kept? Ten in total. The leading goalkeeper in the Premier League, and he is a cut above, it must be said. All right, Mo, we're going to have to leave it there. Remember, you can catch the podcast on iTunes under the Ginger's Perspective, cliffcentral.com, and on csduplicy.co.za. Also, give us a follow at football 2 plus 3 on Twitter. We want to hear your thoughts and um we try and give you as much as what's happening in the world of the English Premier League on Twitter. So stay in touch. Mo, your parting words? As always, be champions. Well, there you have it. We hope you'll enjoy the football this weekend. Let's hope Newcastle United pull off a miracle and end what has been a very, very painful period for the Magpies. The Toon Army uh, will be in full force at um, the Emirates, so we'll have to wait and see. But I think the big one this weekend will be Manchester City Tottenham. Can Tottenham pull it off? Only time will tell. We'll chat to you again next time.